0: Hello, 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 and you're so welcome to the Neves Nuggets Podcast. With this podcast, I am hoping to just share a little bit of myself on a weekly basis. It will be topics that will just be plucked out of the air, or what's coming up for me, or certain topics that I see out there for other people coming up. It will be my story in relation to them, how I help to work through them, and I'll even have some guests speakers on to talk about how they dealt with it and it will all be very flowy it's going to be very fun and exciting it's not going to be very serious but we will go through every topic imaginable there is nothing we can't touch on this podcast and i just cannot wait to enjoy this journey with you so stay tuned listen in and i'll talk to you all soon Hello, hello, hello. I hope everybody is doing well. Welcome back to Neve's Nuggets podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed my last episode that was released on Friday. And I know I said that I was going to start releasing everything on Fridays, but Kat has some really special events coming up this at the end of this week and next week so i really wanted to get this podcast out so you would have an opportunity to join them so one of them is she has a beautiful online cacao ceremony with sound and it is in aid of endometriosis awareness month and all donations go to endometriosis support for ireland um This isn't just for people who have endometriosis. So if you're listening to this and you don't have endometriosis, you're more than welcome to join. It's more for support to hold the space together. And I'm hoping to be there myself. She also has a beautiful Yoni steaming ceremony, five hour retreat coming up in Galway. So this is on the 1st of April. Anybody in Galway who's listening to this and would like to join, contact Kat and let her know um, and get yourself booked in. As well, I have all the links in the bio of this episode for you. So let's get let's get, get going on this episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to Kat. She has been amazing. She herself has recently had a massive awakening over the last two years, and she speaks about it in this episode. She has gone from being a veterinary nurse into the holistic space. She is constantly booked, booked out for yoni steaming. That's her speciality, along with Bats and cacao facilitation. So she, it's an absolute honour. We first connected properly back in January when I was on her Instagram live for endometriosis. And she is just such beautiful energy. And I'm really excited to introduce her to the show. So I cannot wait for you to hear. Okay, so <laughs> we're here. <laughs> okay. So welcome to the podcast, Kat. I'm so happy to have you. Um, it's it's been a few weeks in the making now. This one we've been trying between viruses and my grandfather who's come back from the dead, and you know, traffic, two hour long traffic today in Galway. We are finally here to have our podcast, and I'm so excited to have you on here. So what I might do is first. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, who are you, you know, today, because we know that we've just spoken about how that changes so quickly, Um, and give a little bit of background and we'll get into some questions.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, and like you said, um, I think the universe will say, no, not yet, no, not yet, no, nearly there, no, not yet, so we're even (laughs) eventually here today, so that's amazing. Yay! Thank you for having me on. Yes. Um, I know... (laughs) When you were on my endo series yeah. in January, I was like, we had such a good connection. I felt like we really re- could relate to a lot. So I mm-hmm. think that it's really nice that now we were the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> um, my name's Katrina anyway, or Healing With Cat on Instagram, as people know me. And um, I am a Reiki and sound healing practitioner, and I facilitate yoni steaming and cacao ceremonies for women um I used to work as a veterinary nurse for 20 years and I was gonna go into that section but maybe we'll just stop because that would probably leads into maybe the next question as to why did I leave nursing yes.
0: <laughs> exactly exactly what I was going to ask
1: yeah um I suppose basically I'll veer I'll into that now so um yeah, I used to always want to be a veterinary nurse since I was a kid. I always wanted to work at with animals. That was the one thing I knew since I was the most youngest self that I can remember. I always had a clear vision. I was probably the only one in my class that knew what they wanted to do their whole life. <laughs> and um yeah, so I aimed to be a veterinary nurse, so I was working as a veterinary nurse 20 years so. It definitely served me for probably about 17 years. And then in the last kind of three, the universe was pulling me in the direction of where I'm going and what I'm doing now. Um, But I chose to ignore it and I shoved the little (laughs) messages down and then then it got louder and louder and louder. (laughs) And so I got completely burnt out. So I got career burnout and I also got personally burnt out. My life is that I had a lot of traumas and things to heal from, from when I was a kid. And I suppose I had done a lot of kind of talk therapy um up to a point you know probably like 15 17 years of talk therapy on and off but it was actually not until I done my body work that it actually changed for me and that's when my awakening happened in 2020 um it's like all of us on this we all have some sort of awakening journey don't we all of us
0: yeah and I really think you know and you might I know you saw my post today and one of the things was As hard as it has been for me to come to terms with my endo, I actually believe it was a gift because it was one of the reasons why a bit like yourself, I eventually burnt out because I feel with endometriosis, you're already burnt out anyway. You're trying to run on four cylinders in a male dominated world, not to say it's the men's problem, but like it's a society that's not built for our menstrual cycles. And you're trying to keep up with that. You're in the rat race. Your body's dying half, half the month. I mean, mine got to every day of the month, every day of my cycle, I was in pain. So yeah, like I understand the burnout so much. And then I think from there came part of my awakening along with then depression and eating disorders. But it all came stemmed from this wanting to better my endo, I think.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And it's interesting because my awakening happened 12 weeks after my endosurgery. Um, so when I went over to the UK, um, I had excision surgery and I had stage four endometriosis and was told that I was infertile. Oh. And so that was a huge blow. I had a double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, And then I had surgery. So it was actually 12 weeks after my surgery that suddenly something just clicked where I went. I I don't know, it just shifted and my whole perception of everything just shifted. And Mm. that's when my awakening journey began. And funnily enough, my then COVID hit like about less than eight weeks after that. Yep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I think because of the pause in the world of what, that was nearly two years, like a year and a half anyway, because of that pause, I think the pause happened in my awakening too because I had to then become a veterinary nurse I was a head nurse in my practice at the time and I had a team to look after and so we were working three days on four days off on 12 to 14 hour days and it just completely it's like I I, it's like I had no choice whether to wake up or not yeah (laughs) or you know like I had no choice on the awakening I just had to pause it because the whole world paused yeah and so I actually think if COVID didn't happen then my further uh, continuation of my awakening journey Wouldn't would be. have been a couple of years ago.
0: Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's mad because mine all happened during COVID, but I suppose I was able to work from home. um, And I think a lot of people's awakening did happen or started to happen around the start before COVID happened. And then those who are able to get into it. So for the first few months of COVID, like I went into like the deepest of depressions like I was in such a bad space, tried talk therapy for the billionth time. And I was just like, there has to be more. There, there, There's more to this. There's something else going on. I just know there's something isn't right. And I can imagine having to put that on pause can have even more of a detrimental knock-on effect because your body's like, hello, I'm here. I'm ready for the next level. And you're like, yeah, you're gonna have to wait. <laughs>
1: yeah no. and and it waited for two years wow yeah
0: that's Incredible. and then
1: I shoved it back down because yeah. it was all about work and life and covid and whatever yeah. and so that's the part and that's the piece or that's the space of when the universe screamed at me so much that I actually genuinely couldn't get out of bed I was yeah. so ill yeah. I was so emotionally and spiritually ill like I had to just stop work like it was crazy And I just took a step back and I was like, you know, my boss was so understanding. I was working in the practice for 11 years, so I was so thankful to have a really understanding boss. But she said, you just need to take some time out. And even at that, for someone to give me permission to go to bed or to actually take time off, it was, it was it was a relief in one sense, but I was so disconnected and so burned out that I didn't even understand what that even meant, nah. do you know? And it's funny because I thought that I, she gave me three months off and said, look, you just go do what you need to do. Mm. But actually, I thought I was already ill at that stage. But when I stopped, oh, my God, Neve, when I actually yeah. stopped, I got worse. Yeah. Like, I actually got worse I was thinking there has to be a way up from this bit but no it's going down 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 (laughs) but I had to obviously go down to be able to come back up but to get all of the life lessons that came along with it and the healings and all of that
0: you know yeah and I think that's I I think that's something maybe a lot of us in the space don't actually talk about a lot it's not that we just stopped one day and then all of a sudden this amazing magical stuff happened like from for anyone I know in the space and any of the women particularly we had to face off with not only our own darkness but we had to go back to the womb space and the womb space is naturally a dark space right now not dark in terms of evil or bad but it's darkness we're born from the dark into light right that's how we're born and I really think that that's the part that I want to talk about more definitely is like we need to go that deep. Because we can only bring people to the depths that we have gone,, mm-hmm. and I like I was the same, I definitely like obviously with the endo then the depression, covid, I was unhappy in the job I was in, even though they thought I was amazing, I was like, "I'm dying here um, and then I ended up with a coach, and I was like oh grand my my life is going to be amazing, and it's been like two years of just constant healing. <laughs> And every time you get back up, you spiral down. And I know you come to a point Is that where where
1: your name, Spiral Neve, came from? Yes. Yeah, Ah. yeah.
0: So I believe that every topic or every journey, we spiral up and down. Because, you know, you have to go down to come back up. So, yeah, I've always... And I've always had fascinations with spirals. So... Yeah, oh, I wow. that's where it came that's from. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. I I never really talk about it. And people ask me, they're like, Oh, that's so amazing. That's fascinating. And I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah, I should really talk about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where there's a post for you now, dude. Yeah, Where does viral need come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: But it is, it's like I'm not surprised that that's how it went. I think we do have to hit the depths where we're like, okay, I actually have to, I'm the only person who can get myself out of this. Yeah. Because I don't know for yourself, but for me, I know for a very long time, I don't like to use the word victim, but I was very disempowered to the disease of endometriosis. Yeah. You know, and I started to do this, like, you know, the boss bitch thing of just working through it and popping painkillers and be like, I'm fine. I'm really strong. But actually, the only thing I was doing was completely disempowering myself to what was going on in my body.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I completely ignored it for years, actually. Yeah. I knew there was something wrong with my body, Mm. but I chose to disconnect from life, to numb out from all of the shit that happened in my life. And I chose work and I chose not to listen. And Mm. I I was in chronic fatigue and chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I used to just pop painkillers here, there and everywhere and just get through the day. Um, my my work that I do is quite fast paced, high stressed, and mm. so that's the mentality of veterinary. Um, when you're in a veterinary practice, and so yeah. when you're at that at that level, you can't. It's not that you can't complain, but you really just don't because it's quite masculine actually. When you think about it, yeah. it is quite masculine, like <laughs>
0: exactly. And like I was in law for years, so like I completely get it. It's like go go go. There's no stop, and like. When I was about 27, I had to I, I started working for a legal immigration firm here where I could be a consultant without being qualified as a solicitor and because passing those bar exams are awful um, and I actually had to sit with myself and be like, is it actually worth the stress? Like, is it worth the stress? And I was like, actually, I can still get really well paid and climb the ladder in this company, in this firm without needing those qualifications and go back if I wanted to. But it was the same thing. Like I remember sitting there being like as much as the like with suits and all those kind of shows. What's the other one? Um, The Good Wife. Oh, yeah. Like, I love The oh, Good Wife. It was so yeah. good. But they glamorized a lot of it. And like I have a lot of friends who are still in law and I know the amount of errors they put in. And it's not a work life balance. And it doesn't matter how far up the level, the ladder you go. And I just kind of thought to myself, I was like, I don't know if that's what I want long term. Mm. I just don't. And even then I knew that that's not what I wanted. Um, Now, not that the other job I was in wasn't stressful or high paced. It was just like I had a boundary and I was like, no, I'm putting that in. Because particularly in the legal world, it's a rat race. And if you're not keeping up, you're out, you know. And yeah, I think it's the same for yourselves. It's a very masculine world. And you see even the women in there are in their masculine but not an empowered masculine it's very disempowered and Mm. we're trying to be men and we're like but we're not and this is something i'm starting to see recently where we when we asked for equality we weren't asking to be treated like men we were asking to be seen as women Mm -hmm. and treated in accordance to our bodies and who we are so you know you're seeing these menstrual days coming off um in spain which is amazing wish we had something here would have done me the world a good years ago probably wouldn't have taken them though Um, but like i'm hearing men being like oh that's not fair and i'm like you know they're like oh you wanted equality and this isn't cool and i'm like but does your body do that yeah does it
1: (laughs) yeah and you know it's interesting i was at a a twerking cacao ceremony last saturday and she mentioned something at the end about something about the Chinese New Year or something about the Chinese calendar or something about Chinese but every hundred and eighty years we change something but basically <laughs> um it's ending in a masculine um Cycle. energy
0: okay. of yang is it maybe oh yeah the yang of the yin. yes yang. Yeah. and
1: so we're actually now changing every 180 years and we're now coming into yin and yes. um, so it's actually interesting by the end of this year we will be fully in yin which we then have to suppose as women we can't show up in the world like the way men are you know mm-hmm. there's all these women that are rising up but we Don't have to turn up big and strong and you know, all of that. We have to show up with show up with nurturing and Mm -hmm. kindness and caring. And that's how we're gonna show up. Not in a masculine world of we have to be big, strong, work long hours, you know, and it's that kind of I hope I explained that right. I (laughs) probably
0: No, and I totally get it. And it's it's funny because also um astrologically, Saturn has just moved into I think I'm right any astro heads out there please tell me if I'm wrong but Saturn has just moved into Pisces for the next three years which means that if you look at this at the sign of Pisces it's very much intuition it's all of like the feminine qualities water yeah. energy so like we are having that flow now coming in as well for the next three years and we can really see this rise of the feminine but with that we need the masculine to rise with us but in the empowered state and I think mm-hmm. this is what we're really looking for. And I'm doing a lot of work around Tantra at the moment. And Tantra is actually bringing the yin and the yang into balance in your own body as a human and also bringing down the spirituality into, as I like to call it, our quantum computer. That's our bodies, um, you know? That's so, amazing. Yeah. And like, that's, that's really what it's about. And I feel like women, as you said, we're supposed to be nurturing. You know, I think for so long, we've denied that because we were let back into the, like, not let back in, but we went into the workplace that, yes, of course, we can have it all 100%. But our actual predisposition is to be nurturing. And that's probably going to segue into something I'm going to speak about in terms of, for me, when I heard I had endometriosis, it really brought into question my womanhood. like I I don't know about you but I went into because obviously I have never been tested for fertility I've decided that if I'm supposed to be a mother in this life I will be and if I'm not I'm not going to be and that's something I'll have to face off with but I faced off with that at the age of 23 and I was like they wanted to remove my womb and I said no I was like look if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, it's not, right? Removing this is not going to do anything. But for me, it really brought into question of like, this is the one thing I was put here for. Mm. But actually, I don't know about you, but since this healing journey has started for me, I've realized that actually my creations, my baby is my business right now. Mm. My creations are my baby. What I can give to the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is, is I'm obviously entering another decade shh, um, in the last couple of weeks. It's 25.
0: Um, yeah, it's 25.
1: 25. Um, obviously, that's a huge... you know that's a huge stepping stone into like the whole fertility world stuff and when I was told okay you're not going to be able to conceive naturally Mm. and um you know it was all a big mess is what I was Mm -hmm. told when I went in there and blah 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 um and so like it's funny that when I went on this journey I had this huge grieving process that I had to go through like this massive grieving process of of not being able to conceive and to give mm-hmm. what I was supposed to be here for. And yeah. even there was guilt around not giving a grandchild to my mum because my brother yes. had had been murdered. And so I was the only one left. So oh it's God. like there is an end of a lineage with me and my yeah. in my in that as well. So there's like all of that that's tied up as well. Yes. But interestingly enough, I went through this whole grieving process, but as I was Putting the work in for myself, and as I was showing up for myself and knowing that nobody's rescuing me here, and <laughs> taking ownership of everything that I do in my life now, and taking ownership of my past and my decisions, and you know, it all just piecing together like a jigsaw. And now I have complete inner peace within me. Yes. It's interesting that somebody said to me, it's actually Sarah Richardson said to me, uh, you do know this happens quite often that when you fill the hole that you've been trying to fill, that your desire to be a mother actually can go because you are filling the hole or like there's many women, she said I have seen on this journey and they try to have a child to fix themselves Yes, and that can happen quite often as well. And so when you actually go on a spiritual journey and fill that hole, then actually that, that desire is actually quite gone so that yeah. actually what happened to me and now I love my life so much that I don't want kids
0: <laughs> yeah and it, it's funny isn't it like I I've seen it myself like where obviously myself and my fiance Liam go on about it sometimes and you know we have our own worries about bringing a child into the world at this time in general but we have just kind of said you know what if it happens it happens and if it doesn't I'm happy for it to be just the two of us you know, like, it's an addition, you know what I mean, like, it, it's not, and it, I, I was the same, like, when I first heard this idea of, like, yeah, but I I suppose society, particularly in Ireland, it's huge in Ireland, where, like, the idea is that women have to produce, you know, we have to reproduce for us to be valuable, like, I hear it from, i'm not going to name names but i hear it from people in society all the time like oh you're engaged now it's when you're getting married it's when you're having the kids it's a
1: huge social norm it's like massive yeah and the deconditioning process of that
0: is so big so hard and it's like actually and i look at all these even nowadays the new kids that are brought into the world or even you know friends or you know families i've been around and i'm looking and i'm like did you have kids because you actually wanted kids or did you have kids because you were supposed to and you can see you can see it come out in the children because you can see this like oh just have a mobile phone and it's like there's no equipment like being a parent is a huge thing parenting myself is hard like (laughs) imagine parenting somebody else and it's like it's just as if like oh but it's supposed to happen and I'm like but is it happening because it's actually what you want? Is it what you desire? Or as you said, are you trying to fill a hole? And is there a selfless way of having a child? Rather than mm. just saying, actually, you know, I am being selfish bringing a child into this world because they're going to bring X, Y, and Z into my life. Own it. <laughs> Embody that and go, okay, yeah. But like, yeah, I've seen it. Like with that, as you said, this thing of, it's such a societal norm. and. Yeah when women like ourselves turn around go actually I can't have them you get the oh and I'm like if I turn to you and said I don't want them though what reaction would I get Mm, yeah absolutely and like
1: I for me it's like all of my friends you know I panicked um Mm -hmm. I fell into a trap of like you have to get married Mm -hmm. have a house and have a child and they're the three things and I that's the biggest social norm for me that I Mm -hmm. actually fell into and followed that conditioning like especially in Ireland about this this fascination about us owning our own property I don't know what
0: (laughs) no I'm renting and I like I've said it to my family like I may never buy I would not that I would like to buy I'd like to buy somewhere sunny I'd like yeah. to rent here and rent it somewhere sunny and go for a few months a year. Like that's, I'd rather do that. But yeah, it's like this, I think that comes though from, and this is probably going way out of, of the lovely end of conversation we're having. But I feel that comes from our trauma ancestrally from the fact that we didn't own our own land for so long. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That yeah. That's exactly where that comes from. And yeah. I also think this idea of, children and continuing on the lineages is not only this isn't just global it is but I think specifically in Ireland it's very much like your family's your life you know if you don't have a family what kind of life do you have because back then that was the only abundance a lot of them had yeah you know was family and I know they had community but it's it's come through the lineage and like yeah that obsession to own things and be married and like you know you get married and all of a sudden it's like but when's the baby you have the baby it's like when's your next baby
1: yeah and And also Neve I was the other person to do that to other women too yeah so
0: was I 100% yeah yeah
1: Yeah. it's it's just it's the next question that rolls off your tongue yeah and you're waiting and I felt that pressure you know as soon as I got married I felt that pressure and then you know then there was a bit of understanding and empathy and they took a step back and stopped Mm -hmm. with the jokes yeah oh next it'll be the kid or you know and they stopped with the jokes because they could actually understand there was something wrong with me yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) in
1: their sense so it was like there was an empathy and a compassion with that but there was still you could still see it in their eyes or them ticking away in their brains going "Hmm, I wonder can't she get pregnant now and you know all of these questions that came along with it so
0: Exactly and maybe I'll segue then into like how did you what prompted you to to go to the doctors let's say and and see what was going on was it years before you found out or like how long did it take before you were diagnosed kind of thing?
1: Actually it was my um, fertility journey Okay. so um, myself my husband were again going okay we're married now we have to try and have children and mm-hmm. um, and so we were trying for a while and then we went to to investigate basically okay. and at that stage i was in pain and i was it was getting worse um especially after intercourse and yeah. there was moments where i was actually fainting
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and vomiting sometimes so in there <laughs> there was other red flags yeah. throughout my um To rent my cycles as well. So we said, look, let's just go and investigate. So it was them that actually said, let's do an exploratory laparotomy and have a look in Mm. as to see why you can't get pregnant. And that's when the the journey began. So I had my ex lap surgery in January
0: 2019.
1: Wow. And I had my surgery that November in 2019. So I had, what was that, 10 months later. So I went on a proper. Let's try and fix this. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what I have. Let's try and fix this. Wow. That's the fixer in me as well. Um, but yeah, so and I really fought to have this surgery with VHI. Um, thankfully they covered it. It cost over twenty grand over Jesus. in England.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I appealed it three times with VHI. They they turned it down.
0: Oh, wow! Okay. they were
1: trying to argue that there was the same surgery available in Ireland but I was trying to argue that it was ablation surgery and not excision surgery yeah. at the time and um, and so I argued it and I won it thankfully and I found out that they approved it two weeks before my surgery Amazing. so the stress yeah of that on yes. top of being chronically ill working 40 50 hours a week yeah. and you know All of that
0: stuff, like it was, yeah, and like it is. It's because obviously, my journey, like, I knew there was something wrong from the age of 14, but I think, and probably this is a lot of what happened with yourself, is that like you're just told, ah, pain's normal, like, it's fine. And I do know there is a, I don't want to say a small normality there is a part where it can be normal because sometimes our cervix goes into spasm and it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything actually wrong it's more to do with breath work and learning to open up that space but when it's consistent and there's something wrong with the menstrual cycle like we're just told as women to basically do nothing about it yeah you know and this is why I'm so drawn to like menstrual cycle awareness and to do anything to do with the sexual side of it as well, because there is so much we can do. There's so much of this that we can actually prevent or identify quicker. Like it shouldn't take 10 years for a woman to be diagnosed or even in your own case, so many years where you didn't actually know until you were trying for a child. Yeah. Yeah.
1: now in fairness like I probably should have I was ignoring the signs for a good while because I wanted a party lifestyle and I wanted (laughs) um all of that so I was burying it should we say um so I didn't listen to my body and would the outcomes have been any different probably maybe I don't know we don't have a crystal ball so I don't know (laughs) I would imagine not
0: with endo we don't know you know like we have actually no idea we have no idea what effects it has on us long term we don't really know like so i don't know about your own family but like my aunt on my mum's side there's something definitely there they thought it was endo for years now they're saying it's something else but to me it doesn't make sense she's been really bad with it now she's been really lucky she had three beautiful children um but then I know in my nanny side, on the same side, there was issues there. There was some of um her sisters who had similar issues, some who had kids, some didn't. Um, I then obviously had a, it. It's kind of skipped my mum. I obviously then have something. I'm not sure really about my sisters. I know they experience pain, but not to my extent from what I know. Um, but like, again, like we don't know if it's genetic because it seems to be in our lineage now. I obviously have a holistic belief around it, but I mean, like, scientifically, there's just been nothing done on it. Mm. It's like, it's just been kind of left and, like, oh, yeah, well, it's a disease. There's nothing you can do. And I'm like, but there is actually. We might not be able to cure it, but we can work with it.
1: Absolutely. You know? And, like, I always think it's fascinating, you know, when you hear of disease and it's like, it's disease e- our body is at dis- ease i know no i only found this out like within the last year two. Oh, really? like i only just was like the pennies are dropping. dropping i was like oh my god disease comes from when your body's not at ease yeah. disease like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and it is it's a huge stress factor and i think what we're eating the pollutants the the trauma we hold from other lineages as well Like, because I know there was a lot of miscarriages on both sides of the family line. So, like, you know, you also have those issues as well. Like, that can't be easy. That comes through our lineage. Like, this isn't just a simple removal surgery.
1: No. Like, absolutely not. You have to look at the whole holistic approach. Holistic.
0: (laughs) The whole approach.
1: (laughs) I thought it was like I wanted to get my surgery and then I thought okay that's it now I'm going to be fixed this is honestly what I thought was going to happen and so it wasn't until after my surgery that I realized oh I actually have to look at my diet and my lifestyle and like everything my stress everything like so I even though I had the surgery I changed my whole entire lifestyle and my awakening happened yeah. within three months so I don't know whether the answer of my body getting better mm-hmm. was true due to surgery or due to the rest of it I can only imagine what I think in my intuition is that it was both oh, but yeah. when somebody says like did it happen for the surgery or did it happen for the rest of it and so I think because they happen so close together for me I don't know which is which but I definitely yeah. think all of it helped
0: oh every yeah so and this is exactly i think you and i are definitely on the same boat with this and i know we spoke about it on the live that you did where i'm not demonizing westernized medicine at all it has its place in this world particularly for endo particularly for those who are in stage four or even again something else on top of that or are trying for a child but i think from my own experience in the realm of the western world with endo was that you know, you can get pregnant and see if that helps. And I'm like, that's if I can, but okay. I've heard that good, good so many idea. Times. <laughs> Remove your womb space at twenty three. I was like, mine's currently sitting on my bell. so I'm like, that's doing shit all. <laughs> and the other one was, what was the third one? Um, they could put me into early menopause. And I was like, so I'd never get a cycle again. Or their other one then is to stay on contraception. And like I kept sitting there and I was like, that feels so wrong to me on so many levels. Like I should be able to live my life how I want to, regardless of the consequences, regardless of what I know what's going to happen. But then I started looking at going down the holistic route and actually from 23, that's unfortunately how the eating disorder came in was I stayed on the pill, but I actually started looking after my food and working out a lot, which really did help even when i had come off the pill for a while it was helping but what happened then the knock on effect was i decided i want to go into bodybuilding which eradicates your period anyway um so i kind of felt i'm a bit of an extremist um so i kind of fell down that hole but it was working and then it stopped working when i came off the injection because i was on the deprivera injection for a while and when I came off that it wasn't working anymore and then the depression came along and all of that so that's when I started really deep diving into the holistics where I was Mm. like actually going back to my diet my movement sea swimming is really good for me you know I find Reiki or any form of energy healing actually really helps meditation and bringing myself out of that stress state because Mm. that's what's going on that's what's agitating it and like not eating stuff that I shouldn't be <laughs> like I know, it's the big one isn't it, it? <laughs> it's huge and like I see it like I'm in so many of the support groups and I see it all the time where girls are posting pictures and they're like oh I shouldn't have eaten that pizza and they're like now I'm in pain and I'm bloated and I'm like okay I mean take ownership of it but like you know what that's going to do I mean I'm no saint I'm definitely not a saint when it comes to it but there's another part where I'm like I do I have to weigh up the options here you know, um, but I think, yeah, there is, there's definitely space for both to come in as a blended model, which I think has worked for you and has definitely worked for me because I know if I hadn't had the pill at the time or I didn't have all these medications, I would have never got through law school. I would have never, you know, I would have never ended up on the journey I did if I hadn't been through that. So I needed it but it is sad to think like my doctors never said any of this to me
1: yeah I know they're like just here take a pill yeah every teenager that goes into the doctor's office and this is where it all starts and I just feel so bloody irate about the whole thing it's like yeah (laughs) they go into the doctor's office and they say or their mothers go in with the the teenagers and they say um she's in absolute pain, she can't go to school, you know, yeah. she's like vomiting or she just can't get out of bed or, you know, turn. well, let's put her on the pill. <laughs> and that's that's kind of what happened to me. So and I stayed on the pill for 16 years. Wow. And so when I came off the pill to have a baby at 33, then sure all hell let loose. My whole body just completely flared up with yeah. endo. And so, it's... but I didn't know that was happening at
0: the time, no. you know. And that's it. It's this culture of as you said, take pop a pill and like we don't know and I think this is why we're seeing such massive amounts of not only fertility levels dropping in women, but I seeing things like this like endo, PCOS, um adian meiosis, um, cystic fibrosis, all of these, I actually believe that there's another part of this that's not just ancestral. I also believe it's it's down to the pill. Yeah. Um, like we don't, we don't know what knock on effect that's having, and to me, like it was brought out in the sixties, was it the sixties, yeah, or the fifth, no, the forties. It was brought in in the forties for women who were in the workplace, so that like that they wouldn't have periods or painful periods or whatever. It was tested on women unknown to themselves in Mexico. I believe it's Mexico or it was Brazil. Women died, right. Then they put this thing on the market. Yeah. So I've done loads of research on this. It's in some of the books I've read. And women died from it. And then they put it out on the market. And for years, I mean, I'm sure they've updated formulas and stuff. But like, when was the last time they actually took stock of like since the 60s, fertility rates have dropped, I think, almost 50%? So, like, there's a correlation there to me. Yeah. And to the point where the pill changes who you're attracted to for some women, so I was lucky they didn't have yeah,
1: the pheromones or something yeah, isn't
0: it? so like if it can fuck with you that much, like that's a, to me that's a problem <laughs> that's yeah. a red flag. <laughs> you're not naturally being attracted to them yeah. <laughs> you're being told you're attracted to them, and it's really funny, you know, like a load of my friends will come off contraception or whatever like that, and they'll be like whoa I never found a guy like that attractive before and (laughs) And now they do yeah and it's also (laughs) they tend to be more attracted to more like masculine men Mm. and it's really interesting and I'm like that's
1: so interesting isn't it you know primal
0: very primal and that's because we like our hormones are primal they've never actually changed you know Mm. um and yeah I just think like if we're putting stuff like that into our bodies where it can change something like that to that scale like, what is it doing to us long term? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it can't be helping endo. Is it? Like, I had endo before I ever went onto the pill. I'm very aware of that. But it can't have helped. No.
1: And because really it's just masking your symptoms and so it's growing and festering underneath and you're just 100%. like masking your symptoms yeah. like the whole it's time like, it's like a, so it's like you know ah, everything bu- is okay we're having fake periods here exactly
0: like. <laughs> yeah well I wasn't even having that because I can only have progesterone only because of the endo so endo because it's such high oestrogen levels would affect my migraines because I get aura migraines so I could only be on progesterone only so I get nothing Oh god! So okay. I had absolutely nothing for two to three years. Wow! And I mean, I still got the pain. That was the worst part. I wasn't bleeding, but I was still getting the pain, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, that yeah. is mental." So you're still yeah. getting period pain even
1: though you weren't actually in your period. Wow! Yeah.
0: So that's how intense it was for me. And like obviously, since I've come off it, like I've so much res- reverence for my period now. Like just that whole space the whole womb space is such a glorious place and that's kind of where I'm actually going to ask you about how did you fall into the beautiful <laughs> offerings that you give and one of them you know I'm really interested in and I'm hoping to join you soon for one is the yoni steam yeah and, you know I everything know everything
1: plan- is about yoni this and yoni that yeah. now today you know some lady sent me a message this morning on instagram and said this word has just came up for me uh for you yoni
0: verse yeah i heard it and <laughs> i love it
1: i actually responded with isn't that yoni licious i love it
0: because i have i have a post going like i i pre-do my posts a few days in advance and i have one called wombiverse and i was oh, like oh i it. like it oh my god that's so mad because i've never heard anything about that
1: and yeah. universe together so oh my yeah. god <laughs> that's mad and, so I was
0: like, and when i saw your thing today i was like that's so funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh my god you know it is and I think we are starting to realise just how significant the womb space is. Because as I said to somebody, even if you don't believe in the energetics or the spiritual part of it, you wouldn't be here if that womb didn't exist. Mm. That's how powerful it is. It grows a human and it births it.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting you say that too, because what I've noticed is... (laughs) The women that don't really, aren't really into, say, this holistic type space or Mm. this holistic type world or they don't surround themselves or they're not really understanding the language that we speak now. Because there is a certain language that goes along with it. (laughs) And everybody starts off from the beginning and they're like what is this? And you just learn and learn and learn. But then you speak a different language. But even the women that come to do the yoni steam because they just feel called to it. There's something inside them. They don't understand why. But there's something inside them that just calls them to it. So I've noticed that the women that aren't in this kind of holistic world, or they don't understand what even spiritual release means, or emotional release, anything, nothing. As soon as they steam, Afterwards, their words are so different, they can understand. There's this understanding that happens. Mm -hmm. So, it's so interesting that you were saying that because I was thinking, like, for someone who actually doesn't know all of this and then they go sit on a yoni steam and then they do it, there's just something that they go, Oh, I know what you mean now. (laughs) There's an experience that happens, you know, even if they can't put it into words, you know, it's just an experience that happens.
0: Exactly.
1: I I was like, Yes.
0: So, from there, maybe explain what a yoni steam would be. Or maybe if you're explaining it to one of those women, what would yeah. you say to them about it?
1: Yeah, so um, yoni steaming is an ancient ritual. So it dates back like Mayan times, basically. Yeah. And they used to use it um, postpartum. So it was usually after having a baby. Mm-hmm. And especially in red tents, you know, in yes. the red tent days. Um, especially with women, they used to just steam um any old material after having a baby mm. um that was up there and that's that's where it really dates back to. Mayans used to call it bajo, which is B A J O, and it actually means mm. below. Um and so that's what they used to call it, the Baho. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> but that. Uh, in in modern times it's actually um like Gwyneth Paltrow has it on the Goop lab, That's, like yeah. <laughs> Bill Williams on my ghost, my therapist to yes. me. uh Kardashians—they do it. So it's kind of in the modern times. A lot of women are knowing about it because of those, yeah. you know, influencers. And um, actually, in Japan and Tokyo, they have Yoni Steaming places all over the place oh, wow. to just genuinely go in as a cleanse and a detoxification and a nourishment for your womb and so it's like starbucks over there there's one in every corner <laughs> i mean i'd love that so we're way behind like you know so we're definitely gonna get that at some stage probably in about 100
0: years um,
1: <laughs> so um Maybe maybe me and Yoni, we'll set up. I mean, I corner, am
0: right? there. I'm like, go away. Call it, call it, y- it. Universe or Yod, yeah. <laughs> Yoniverse. <laughs> I love it. We are trademarking that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So what the Yoni steaming does is it steams out any old material, okay. um, that is in your uterine walls. So we hold a lot of. Some women, most women, can hold a lot of old material. Yeah. So, any old congealed blood um, mm-hmm. can get stuck in little pockets, basically. And what it does is it steams away on a physical level, it steams away any old material. Yeah. Now, it doesn't happen. The first question of a woman is, <gasps> oh my god is something going to come out while you're steaming (laughs) no (laughs) it usually happens over a light shed over a couple of days post steaming or in your next period you'll notice a massive difference for me I never had the light shedding and I've noticed it's actually a very small amount of women that have a light shedding after afterwards it's actually usually your next um, period uh, period that you would notice the difference so that's what it does on a physical level the the vape the, there's um, herbs, a beautiful blend of herbs, and the herbs just smell absolutely divine. Oh my god! Like, and especially when you add boiling water to the jar yes. that sits underneath the yoni throne because we are queens. Cool. Um, the you infuse the the herbs for about fifteen minutes in the jar, and so all okay. of those beautiful blends, just herbs of things, just go together. It'll be like rose petals and yeah, yarrow lavender you know just such beautiful blend of herbs and each one of them obviously has some benefits to that to that themselves to just support the womb space and support the body and so there so basically you let it infuse for 15 minutes and then you sit on the throne then mm. you wear a long skirt or a long dress and um so now nobody sees your yoni that's the second question women are like oh my god is anybody going to see it no it's very private yeah. it's a non-invasive gentle practice it's very private um and then you just wrap yourself from your waist down with a really large blanket and okay. when you sit on the throne then you're creating like a steam tent then under wow. the blanket. Oh, so okay. you steam for around kind of between thirty to fifty minutes, whatever you feel in the body, um, is needed, and it's very gentle. It's really mm-hmm. nice and warm. It's like having a w- nice warm hug bath.
0: Oh. <laughs> I love, I love that. And
1: um, so on a physical level, it really helps women with menstrual cycle issues you know so like delayed issues um there's a lot of women that actually haven't had a period in a while and once they steam their period starts a couple of days later so that is quite common um obviously with the flow as well um and then PMS and um, cramps all of those menstrual cycle issues it helps obviously balance hormones and supports you through post peri- and perimenopausal okay. it helps with fertility massively I've actually had three women get pregnant since October amazing. and they only got one.
0: <laughs> Oh my god that's amazing
1: mm. I, know, I know I was like I don't obviously we can't say it's the actual steam but they've came to me to say uh, I'm actually to get pregnant like shortly after steaming. So they are absolutely convinced it's the steaming. Yeah. So it makes sense, though. So basically, well, exactly. yeah, and what you're doing is you're preparing the uterus for conception. So they do usually okay. recommend to steam for three months if you are not, if you are actively, sorry, You're not allowed steam if you're actively trying to get pregnant. But if you are planning on getting pregnant, the best thing to do is to try and steam for around three months to prepare the uterus for conception. Because what you're doing is you want to have a fresh uterine wall for the embryo to stick
0: yeah of course and yeah, so yeah,
1: that's yeah. what's happening and that's the reason why you're doing it um but that's on a physical level but on an emotional spiritual level which really lights me up <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> say I can't wait to get into this but, part this I know a because on a, on a physical <laughs> level it's like it does support me with my endometriosis I have to yeah. say it has been massive part of my supportive journey for that because yeah. I thought I actually had a good control of everything, but it wasn't until I started steaming that I noticed that actually my periods are so much more comfortable Um, and flow, the color, the length of them and the pain is massively different. So I steam once a week in between my cycles around three times a month and an ideal world. That's what you would do as a general woman that's in that cycle, um, menstrual cycle phase of their life. But, um,
0: yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just thinking, like, that's so interesting because it's funny. Like, I'm obviously at the moment, as I said, I'm going into a lot of this tantra stuff. And I'm in a, a women's group at the moment working through sexuality and sexual trauma because I believe, I don't know, it's not even that I believe, there is definitely a part of PTSD in our system from the endometriosis oh yeah absolutely a hundred percent and it definitely then works alongside what goes on with us sexually right so I am currently for my next beautiful offering I'm currently working with my own yoni egg and my yoni wand oh lovely yeah and it's amazing and I'm really noticing a difference because the idea is that like you can learn to breathe and release the cervix and I really feel like that's probably what happens with the yoni steam as well as like you're making more of a conscious effort to relax that and the steam is relaxing it like I know if I'm late and I get into a warm bath in epsom salts and some nice smells and whatever I can guarantee within 24 hours my period will come
1: wow that's yeah
0: it makes you know, sense actually doesn't I, it yeah it's so beautiful and I really feel like we obviously have a death and rebirth process that we have every month as you said, like we, we clear out every single month energetically, emotionally, whatever we're holding. And I think those yoni steams, from that perspective as well, is, is really like it's nurturing. It's like saying yeah. to the the womb. It's a deep nourishment go.
1: for your womb space yeah. and your femininity and your body and mm-hmm. your spirit and your soul and your heart and yeah. everything. Your throat your tro- chakra was... is connected to the I womb. I was
0: thinking that, yeah. <laughs> like, well, they're identical, aren't they? Like if you take them out, if, is it, you take out your larynx and you split it yeah. open, it's identical to it. So if there's something going on up here in the throat, there's something going on down there and vice versa. Yeah. So 100%, and I can imagine that really helps clear it and I can understand why women have gotten pregnant afterwards because they're probably more relaxed yeah they've tapped into their feminine and you know like I have it with cacao and you probably have this as well where like I've had loads of girls come to the circle or my circles with like PCOS delayed menstruation endo who come to me and they're like I've had a first period in six months it's not normal I'm like oh yeah cacao will do that and I'm like also <laughs> you relaxed. Yeah. Like it's the magnesium as well, isn't oh it? Yeah, really cool. all of that. Like yeah. but I also think it's it's that relax. It's and, the relax, yeah. And being yeah. in circle with women, I think that's the most powerful part. Oh, particularly yeah. for a Yoni Steam, because that's intimate. Now I know obviously you're you're covered. I mean I'd happily sit there but you know, I know you're covered or whatever, but to be in that vulnerable state
1: Yeah
0: in women must be so healing for the womb and that sister and witch wounds that we hold
1: yeah it does and there is this power that Mm -hmm. again even if somebody isn't in this field that doesn't understand they're still feeling this feeling of this oh it's giving me shivers actually it's (laughs) like there is just women in candlelight just shedding just shedding and releasing and being in that connection that they've never maybe they're so disconnected or numb completely yeah. numb sometimes like yeah. i mean i've had women down there that they're like there's there, there's no heat is it hot now i have the whole thing timed as in yeah. i will put boiling water into every single one of them like at i've i've got it down to tea with timings <laughs> and you know everything but they all got the exact same yeah And every single woman has different sensitivity down there. So I always explain to them, you know, but I always have found a common denomination now that the women that are so far disconnected from their wounds or their bodies actually genuinely feel very numb down there. And I actually went through that too. And it's, they actually like, they're like, sorry, it's not hot. Is it on? You know, and I'm like... (laughs) Yeah, actually, like, it, it's yeah. so interesting, because like I'm like, no, no, it is, it's gently happening. But then there's yeah. other women that it'll be too hot. Yeah. And they'll need to just move initially, they're unblocking yeah. the root chakra, the, you know, all of that, especially the sacral chakra. And, um, and to sit in a powerful, like a, a circle of healings with women that are just inner journeying, you know, and yeah. a lot of the time when I'm doing it, it is cacao first so you're really opening up the body and opening yeah. up the heart and letting them soften and then they have the yoni steamer herbs and then after that then they get a sound bath to send oh them my. into a blissful sleep <laughs> Yeah. <that laughs> so is... it is like three modalities of healing in the one ceremony so my goodness when they sit up after lying down uh after the sound bath they are like Oh my god! I've been here for three days. It doesn't yeah. feel like three hours. they have been on such a journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the that's the beautiful part of us working in this holistic space as well. Is that like we have this? How do I put it? There. So for me, I feel like the westernized part of things. It's very clinical, right? There's no connection. There is. That's your vagina. Um, there's something wrong with it. Here's a nurse all geared up in her stuff. Here's a doctor all geared up in his stuff. It's very in and out. I'm going to look at your vagina and see you later. Whereas I actually feel like, particularly for this kind of womb stuff, like endo specifically, PCOS, it can feel so lonely. Yeah. Because people don't understand. Um, I, I think it for women in general, people don't understand. I think... <laughs> you know we're all as you said so vastly different we don't feel understood but I also feel like when you have something like that going on in your body people don't get it and to sit in a room with women whether they have something or they don't have something and to come in communion together because that's what that is community it's communion to come into that space together and say I'm okay to be seen here these yeah. women want to hold me. Yeah. This woman wants to hold me and to have that beautiful sound bath and cacao and just so feminine to just go, actually, it's o- it's okay to to be here. It's okay to yeah. take up space. It's okay to realize that there's something wrong and to ask for help or to show up for ourselves. I think yeah. that's the most important part. Like you see, particularly women who actually have kids, like they the kids run their lives, right? And I get it. I mean, I'm not a mother myself, so I won't speak on the topic. But, you know, getting five minutes in the bathroom to themselves is difficult. But there's another part where it's like, actually, they they need this. You know, yeah. women with endometriosis or PCOS, they need this community because yeah. we need to feel like we have support who actually get it. Or they yeah. may not feel it, but we are one We are connected and it's powerful, you know?
1: And I think, like, you hit the nail on the head there because, like, I do talk about, you know, physical benefits and emotional and spiritual benefits, but, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have any of them to yoni steam. Even just coming a time out and having a bit of self-care and me time and that alone, just that alone to recharge the batteries (laughs) and to have that for themselves. Like, even if they don't even understand what that means they just need to come and be and just to be just just to be and just for women to listen you know to just listen and support each other and respect each other and you know hold each other in that space you know it's just women's circles are just un-freaking-unbelievable like Oh, oh my god
0: and we're such powerhouses
1: we really are
0: like we are such powerhouses and like there's a quote I don't know if it's Beyonce or Nikki or Cardi B it's one of them and it's like oh it is Cardi B and she goes I dropped an album dropped a baby but I never dropped the ball and you're like we don't though we don't drop the ball like I was actually reading something recently that in is it Japan I'm gonna say Japan but it could be Vietnam I could be really misquoting this now (laughs) I've been doing a lot of research recently on Womb's face and awakening and stuff so I have a lot of knowledge in here, Um, (laughs) but I can't remember it all. But in one of those spaces, for the first six weeks of a baby's life, the mother does not basically leave the room. Mm. The whole community come around and they do the tasks around the house. They shop, they cook, they, you know, as they say, it takes a village as... Cliche as it sounds, it takes a village and they have that. And for the first six weeks, the mother does nothing. The only thing she has to look after is herself and that baby. Mm. And I think that is so powerful because we've become a society. Now, I know here in Ireland, we're really lucky you can get anywhere from six months to 12 months maternity leave. But it is that thing of like, when are you getting back to work? Or you're expected to get up and be dressed and outside the door in two weeks. And it's like, whoa, you grew a human and you just pushed it out of your yoni.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you say that because the first woman that I've heard do exactly what you talked about Mm. in Ireland. Yeah. Um, is the girl that I actually went to my first Yoni session with? No way. Um, yes, and she's had a baby, and I remember she's Brazilian, mm. and I remember her telling us that the first two weeks her mum was coming over from Brazil to support for um two or three months, I think, wow. a really long time, and her, her sole job she told us was, as soon as she has the baby, she's gonna stay in bed, yeah, with the baby naked with the baby and just be with the baby for two whole weeks and her mum and her husband um or or partner were going to look after her like the whole time
0: yeah and that's incredible and I think that's we need we need to start learning from that that culture you know like we get this maternity leave but are we actually using it or do sorry excuse me but do we know how to use it you know it's like Like I said to Liam, like if obviously I end up pregnant at any point, I would like to birth at home. I know there's rules in Ireland around that. I obviously if there was going to be a an issue with the child or the birthing, I obviously would go to a hospital. But ideally, my dream would be to birth at home. And I don't think I would tell people for the first while because what they want to do is they want to come in and visit. And I get it. A baby is so exciting and it's such a celebration. But like, my body has just been through a very traumatic experience. No matter how beautiful it is, it's still trauma. It's like, as somebody said, I think it was Aubrey Marcus on his podcast was saying, being birthed into the world is the first trauma we ever experience, even if it was an easy birth. We have gone from being in our mother, connected, darkness, no noise, to this clinical, noisy, people handling us, probably being smacked on the backside like that can't (laughs) not be traumatic right (laughs) like the first trauma we ever experienced so if anybody says to me I've never experienced trauma in my life I'm like you were birthed from a womb (laughs) you experienced trauma no matter what way like that woman that was holding you is screaming as you're being pushed out of this little tube like you know it's it's funny like we go through that and then the child goes through that the last thing they want to be is pushed around and handed around and a- away from their mother the the only person they've actually known for nine months
1: and neve it's so interesting you said that because i have part of my cacao facilitator training with sarah uh richardson was she wanted us to ask our own mothers about our birth yes and so we had to record this so i only found out of my mum she had me when she was 20 she was quite wow. young and uh I was taken away from her um initially, mm. so she never got to hold me okay and my her neighbor picked me up for the first time to hand her to me twenty four hours later. later
0: wow yeah,
1: so i was my was gone with yeah. someone. And probably be passed to God knows what, feeding me for twenty four hours. Yeah. And then my and then my mum was in a bed, and I was in the cot beside me, and she was told to just not move because she had an she had an epidural. So back then you just didn't question anything. It was like don't move for twenty four hours, and so my mum stayed there and didn't move for twenty four hours, and so she's sitting there looking at me in a cot and not being able to pick me up. So the neighbour was visiting someone else in the same ward across the way, just so happens, and she said would you would you mind coming over and actually just picking up my baby and handing it to me and so she I was so, I was shocked at this yeah. I was like oh my god it's like that That's crazy. It's crazy like I didn't have that skin to skin
0: bond yeah. And i like not, that I'm not even sure if I did like I know I, I'm very aware about the birth with my mum because I was her first and she like I, I was her first and she likes to remind me that i took quite some time to come i actually was born on the angelus bell at six o'clock
1: yeah yeah
0: so i don't know if that's a good sign or not
1: (laughs) this has popped up for me what human design are you
0: i'm a generator i'm a four six Yeah, I
1: just I'm only learning about it this week. I'm manifesting
0: generator. Oh, fantastic! (laughs) This is why you're here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just wanted to ask. You said about six o'clock there. I was like, oh.
0: So I'm a four six. So, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting because all this new research is coming out about skin-to-skin and co-sleeping. Like, I wouldn't have necessarily co-slept with my parents. I'd been in a crib beside them, but I wouldn't have co-slept. Or, you know, as you said, the skin-to-skin stuff or even breastfeeding. Like, that wasn't the norm back then. No. Even for your first feed, it was usually, here's a bottle.
1: Yeah. Well, I had it for 24 hours, of bottle, yeah. so...
0: Bottle feeds. So, like, <laughs> you know no wonder why we feel so disconnected from ourselves yeah. when like the body we were housed in was like all of a sudden taken away from us and it, it must be for a child very traumatizing yeah you know definitely
1: and yeah. i had a rebirth experience by the way
0: Ooh, i love these
1: i don't share them very much but now it's on this podcast <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> <It's out now. laughs> i came out of my mother's womb like in my cacao facilitator training and this sounds crazy i know to many people that don't understand it but it doesn't matter i'm just putting it out there yeah um it's just cacao it's not a psychedelic no it's It's not psychoactive it's mood altering not mind altering no but i had a psychedelic effect and it released dmt yeah in my brain um for like 10 seconds and I'm not gonna lie it was a little bit scary but i was supported really well and it needed to happen it was meant to happen yeah so i came out of my mother's womb i could see her legs <laughs> i could hear doctors in the room nice. and i had a primal first cry
0: Amazing. and
1: straight away within 10 seconds this all happened really fast
0: yeah and
1: then sarah brought I, then i was back in the room again and yeah. sarah said at that actual moment I'm here if anybody needs help and straight away I sat up and put yeah. my arm up and she went do you need me and I was like yeah and I called her over and she held me in her legs Aww. and held me for like rocking me back and forth supporting me through it like I was She's like wow that. so literally from that day I am not joking I'm a different person like the next day I my clothes didn't fit me anymore my hair I went and got dreadlocks I went and got tattoos I went and got like my piercings I've always wanted I stepped into the person that my expanded self that I always visualized but was too afraid to be yeah isn't that crazy it's
0: amazing and like I actually went through rebirth experience last year it was a little different but like that release of dnt like we don't need psychedelics to do that we no. can do that for ourselves now I know obviously it does come with surrender that's probably why you were able to access it you obviously just felt safe in that space with Sarah I mean Sarah's amazing I have yet to actually sit in space with Sarah oh wow <laughs> I know it's coming and I have a really big feeling it's going to be for Keening and it, oh, yes. I reckon it's going to have to be one-to-one with me but the I mean, I'm definitely sitting in avoidance as well of the idea of it um, because I know how powerful it is and I know how life altering she can have it. So like if you're feeling safe in that space, that can happen. And it's such a beautiful, a beautiful thing when you can surrender to that. And that's how powerful it is when we've women together, you know, like it's like when we can surrender like that, that is powerful. yeah you know and that rebirth experience for you as you said it almost started your next life your next lifetime
1: oh I have a before and after like from that epiphanal moment and I cut all ties around me to that moment like everything all had to be stripped yeah everything literally everything and then I carried on forward then in my new life or new path which is unbelievable like
0: that's amazing I know I I went through so with my I don't have a coach now but my coach I had last year I went to a retreat and what what was happening was that somebody sat at the bottom of what was shaped like a womb out of cushions um yeah so it was whoever felt like they wanted to be the mother and they would channel now they had no idea of my birth story because we didn't talk about them I didn't really know mine and the other women had to lie on top of us as if I was stuck in a womb And I had to move when my body felt ready and slowly move myself out whatever way I could. It was fucking intense, right? Um, And then I had to make my way through the cervix to the mother. But it was really interesting watching it because, like, some of the girls were getting stuck. They couldn't move. And, like, whoever was channeling for them, because it would be a different girl. Like, I didn't sit in the mother role that time. I was more held in it and at the womb. But like some of the women were just screaming and crying and it was the pain they could actually feel the pain coming through their bodies wow and it was like it was complete channeling but it was so beautiful to go through that because it was rebirthing us and being held where doctors it wasn't that our mothers didn't want to is that we were taken from our mothers because that's what doctors tend to do I mean it's different nowadays but for our lifetime, it was definitely a thing of like move them, clean them, get them into a cot, and then hand them over. So like, we got that. Like I remember at the end of mine, like the girl who was holding me, like she literally held me like a baby, and she rocked me, and the two of us were hysterical. And, wow. Like, she just rocked me until whatever time, and she just kept saying like I love you, you're the best thing that ever happened to me, like, and eventually like I I think I actually almost fell asleep. <laughs> like I need space so then like the girls left the room and just left me there for a while because I just needed it but it like yourself like that intensity of like oh shit like like this is the new me I have no choice now but to step up yeah you know
1: absolutely so
0: like and I think this rebirth is a really big thing and like we have it in womb sounds this is our course coming up myself and Jen's um who I know you're going to be working with very shortly. I was just about
1: to say, is it Jen? Katnett? Yeah, like, Jen, Jen Yeah, Wim with Jen, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I didn't
1: realise you were doing Wim sounds with her.
0: Yeah, so it was actually our creation together. Um, she downloaded it and then we went on a mad, mad journey together um, with Kakao as well. We oh my god, to like, it's
1: you that she spoke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she told me that story, yeah, but she never me. mentioned who it was that you were holding hands yeah. and you both had the same. Was it Egypt?
0: Yeah, we both went into Egypt and we were priestesses and yeah, we were betrayed and all this crap. That was you. Yeah, oh my god, it's I me. It. Yeah. It's
1: all coming together. At some
0: yeah. Point. Um, and that, yeah, that was her and I. So she's now running it up in Dublin and then I'm going to run one down in Galway. But like, we have a rebirth part of it because. Working with the womb space is so powerful. Like, we store everything there as women. And that's yeah. why I think when we suppress it, this is when the endometriosis, the PCOSs of the world, really start to take off. Because yeah. if, if our ancestors suppressed it and didn't deal with it, it means it's coming down our lineage. And then we're suppressing it. Like, there's no wonder it kicks off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that um, makes sense. But yeah, and then what I want to ask you is... I think the question we spoke about before we got on this was what advice would you give to you your your younger self if you had any about this oh I had a load (laughs) get the notebook out
1: (laughs) I had the notebook out (laughs) no do you know what I was um obviously when you do the podcast you know some people share questions about yes. what might come up and so it is good because always to prepare as well yeah. you know because you're not on the spot to but um I really wanted to sit in my meditation and cacao and journal this today and I really wanted it to be kind of very fluidy from the subconscious mind you know yeah. and um whatever came up kind of came up so it's interesting what I wrote down actually I was like oh my god so my younger self-advice was or is you don't need anyone to survive
0: yes listen to
1: your heart and your gut they will give you all the answers don't be afraid to take action love it don't listen to the social norms
0: Ooh, i like that
1: one um that you have to do this and that and don't care what others think of you
0: i love it And it's so funny. I know they're
1: probably all cliche that most people would say, but I genuinely am like, that is, I wish I knew all of that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But it's funny because like, I think of this question myself and there's one part of me that's like, actually I wouldn't say anything to her because she needed it to get here because I wouldn't be here. But also I know what I was like and I don't think I'd have taken my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have been like, that's cute. I
1: know. I know (laughs) if I tried to give myself that advice, I would have been so scared out of fear base that I probably wouldn't have taken it for sure. But I would have listened and known the answers that were that I would have been right. Yes. But I wouldn't have followed it either. I mean, it's in hindsight. We had to go through our journeys that we had to be here. Like, you know?
0: (laughs) And like, I think the scary part, particularly when we're much younger, whether it's, you know, 14 or even like, our 20s there is so much rejection that's happened in all various different ways and we fear the rejection and I know on my own journey I have several stories of rejection that have happened even in the last six months to the last year to the last two years and then previous that we fear it because we're community-based beings right we need a tribe and because there's no community and there's so much polarity. Like, you can't say boo to somebody at the moment. And it's like, you're on this person. Like, we're so in the polar. And I'm very much about being in the middle. Like, not that I'm not taking it. Like, yeah, actually, I'm not taking a side because they don't exist. Right? It's all in our head. Um, But I know at that young age, it's so intimidating to feel like we'll be kicked out of the tribe. Mm. Because. Yeah
1: and now i embrace it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're like oh there i go again you know and we do and i i'm even seeing it coming through the spiritual community and not necessarily anybody specific or anything but i'm seeing it coming through of like oh well like you don't believe in this stuff so i'm not going to deal with you and you're like hold on that's not our job here our job is unconditional love and actually it was something i was thinking of the other day like when we talk about being in love with somebody I think we've misinterpreted that. We're not supposed to be in love with somebody. We're supposed to be in love. We're supposed to be yeah. in that frequency. Yeah. It's not about the external. And it doesn't mean that people can walk all over us or trample us. It means like I can be in love and have a boundary. Yeah. You know, I can I can be in that, in that state frequency and not judge you. And judgment is very hard. We're conditioned to judge all the time. Yeah. You know? So I think. And I
1: truly believe also that when you are in a relationship, that genuinely, like, nobody owns you. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I really honestly didn't get this, like, and yeah. I get it now, but it's like you are your own person. Yeah. Your husband or partner is your own person.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, their own person. And you should be living your own lives in a healthy way. Yeah. Never codependency, never needing, yeah. you know. Yes, we all love a hug and yes, we all love intimacy in many different ways and connections, but there's nobody that owns anybody. And when somebody else leaks the power or tries to take the power from the other Mm -hmm. person, like it really is quite toxic, I think. And it's not a healthy way to be in a relationship. And I genuinely feel. That relationships comes and goes, and whatever's meant to be in your life is at that time. But mm-hmm. nobody owns anybody until dying death.
0: Yeah, 100%, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know. Like, and it's it's so true. And I think this is a major thing that's kind of happening at the moment. We're seeing this shift in those relationships. Like, you know, obviously I have I have Liam at the moment, and he's he's very much my grounded masculine. Like, you know, and I'm very lucky to have him. And, like, we will mess with him and be like, oh, you're mine or whatever. But he's very aware that I am, I am here. And this, like, I say to him, you know, and he's finally got it. I think at the beginning kind of triggered him a little bit. But it was like, I don't need you. I want yeah. you. Yeah. There's a
1: big difference. Yeah.
0: Like, I wake up every day and I choose to be in this relationship. Yeah. Because I, well, because I love him and I love myself as well. And I love this yeah. relationship. But it's very much like... And well, I know when I've said that to people in my life where I've been like, But I don't I don't need him. And they're like, sorry, what? And they're kind of shocked. And I'm like, no, 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 you should never need your partner. No, you absolutely. Partner. Yeah. You, know, you choose to be in it. It's but not And
1: also it keeps you in that um wanting to make an effort stage. Exactly. It doesn't make it go stale because yeah. you're choosing to that day sure. or choosing in your life to interconnect with someone. Yeah. And so it doesn't become,
0: you know, meh. Yeah, oh, I'm just going to stay in it because that's some cost fallacy where we all think, oh, well, I put so much effort into it. And it's like, no, I'm choosing. And it's taking that ownership of it, as you said, and that means that will show up, which I think is really beautiful. And then I think I had one more, I did have one more question for you. Is it the whispers to the world? (laughs) So if you had to whisper something in the ears of the world, one thing, what would it be?
1: I would say... Stop fighting the gut feelings, the whispers, the answers that are coming from your heart and your body. Stop fighting it because your body always knows best. And so repressing them will make you sick or your body Mm -hmm. at dis-ease and not at ease. It will manifest and it's toxic. And so we really need to listen to our gut and our guides, our heart. The answers are always within.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: Always. Whether we choose to listen to them or not, that's up to you. But I chose to not listen to them for a very long time and it made me sick. So I yeah. think that if I was to whisper anything to the world, it would be those little whispers, yeah. those little messages, those little things that keep coming up and you're thinking oh I'm just going to repress that down I'm going to pretend I didn't hear to not live with that person or you know yeah the big the big messages that you'd really don't want to hear yeah they will come up anyway yeah somehow and it's all meant to happen for whatever plan of the universe that has for you divine yeah. timing and all that stuff but yeah I think I think listen to the whispers the
0: guides your body
1: it is guiding you to the right place yeah.
0: I love that. I love it. It's beautiful. And I think, yeah. Who would listen to it? Who knows? But at least it's whispered and it puts that nugget in. And I'll give you a microphone if I ever get one to the ears of the world. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Come on, Kat. Here you go. Here you go. But what I want to say is thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yay. Um
0: and it was such a pleasure to have you. I'm definitely sure you're going to come back again. And I'm so excited to join your Yoni team, hopefully in April. Yay. But before you go, where can people find you? What have you got coming up? And yeah, your details.
1: Woohoo. I think the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. Yeah. I <laughs> am Cat ins- <laughs> on Instagram or healing underscore with underscore cat um and my name's katrina even if you type it in it probably comes up um and what I ha- I have loads of nice lovely juicy stuff coming up uh, I know yeah so obviously I'm going to see you at yes. um the first of April I'm going to be in Craig Castle in Galway so I'm coming to the west yes and I just like you saying it like those words west. as well because I've actually never been to the west have oh, you oh wow okay I feel so ashamed to be the age that I am in Ireland <laughs> and being like not been two and a half hours away to the west <laughs> so yeah I'm coming there so I have a few spaces left on that and that's going to be in a, a five-hour ceremony event where we're going to just have yoni steaming, cacao, Amazing. sound healing, some earthing outside, um, journaling, oracle cards but we're going to do it's a nice big castle room with an open fire Amazing. so we're going to plan and do the yoni steaming around the fire with a big open fire so I think that would be really nice. Amazing. So I have that on the 1st of April and then I have I'm actually doing Speaking of endo that came up a lot this, yes. this uh, week, I'm actually going to do a donation based online yes. event next Friday, the 24th. So between yes. three, six and nine o'clock. And um, so if you want to Join that, then it's just donation based to the Endometrios Association of Ireland. And then I'll do like a crystal sound bath and gong bath and we'll have a sharing circle for endo Amazing. warriors and cacao and meditation and journaling and all that yummy stuff. But I've also said, look, you don't have to have endo to not be there. Of so course. all women is welcome, of course. <laughs> Amazing. It will be endo-based, but all women is, is welcome, of course. Um and then I have um a a beautiful amazing which i haven't actually advertised yet but we will be next week on the 29th of april um in dublin in the lemon tree yoga studio i'm collaborating with evelyn a coro i think of coro or kato i think her name is she's a kundalini activation yes. um yeah and that's like really oh, powerful I'm so, so <laughs> it does does a- yeah. A- yeah aka yeah and um she the two of us are collaborating together so i'm going to do cacao and sound healing and she's going to do that so that's going to be amazing and then i also have um yoni soul space which is yoni steaming cacao and sound healing on i've only one space left it's nearly full in dublin um, and that is on the 22nd of
0: april ladies just so you all know Kat seems to have a wait list for everything she has (laughs) in Dublin yeah Yeah, she has she has actually got a wait list so you might want to start getting yourselves in contact with her and just get yourself on some wait list for whatever it is because I can tell you it's going to be transformative and that just tells you how transformative this journey is for all the women who've been there I'm really excited for Galway um I can't wait I'm definitely booking in for it and yeah, no, thank you so much again. I'm gonna put all your details anyway in the link in the show notes and I'll put it up on Instagram as well for anybody who's listening. Um but yeah, no, thank you again and thank you so I much said, for having
1: me, Neve. It's been amazing. amazing and we will have you
0: again soon. Thank you. Thank you again so much for listening to another episode of the Neve Nuggets podcast. Before we finish I would just love to give you some information on some of my upcoming offerings that I have at the moment. First of all Womb Sounds is finally coming back and not only has it has a come back it's also expanded. Myself and the beautiful Jen Kavanaugh you might know her as the Womb Witch went on a beautiful meditation together and downloaded the creation that is now Womb Sounds. During this now 12-week course we will bring you deep into your womb space, clear whatever is no longer required, help you express from that space to tune in, to connect with your sexuality, your sensuality, your inner child, and anything else that comes up into the space. It is an in-person course for six weeks. And then every second week, you will have hands-on support from us and the other girls in the circle. So if you're looking to join us, please contact either myself for the Galway one or the beautiful Jen Cavanagh for Dublin and we will get you on board for that it starts the 5th of March and we're so excited to hold this space for you. If you are having any issues with any payments we have payment plans involved and also for anybody who is unemployed or unwaged we can also help you with a discount too so don't forget to contact us. Secondly I've officially started my monthly in-person women's circle called Reclaim Your. So Reclaim downloaded for me during November of this year, and it was really that every month we would get together as a group of beautiful women, like they would thousands of years ago in tribes, and have what we would call a red tent experience. During this, every month I would download a day or two before the ceremony, what is needed in the space so the first one was reclaim your self-love the next one is feeling very much like reclaim your womb and it will just be different things like it might be sensuality sexuality your voice reclaim your boundaries reclaim your self-worth your beliefs whatever comes up that's what we're going to work with We will have cacao, we'll have a sharing circle, and then some movement practices, maybe yin or dance or anything that comes up in the space. So I'm really excited to hold this in Galway and if anybody's interested, just check out my website. I also have now started in-person healings and online healings for anybody who is looking for one. My beautiful offering called ReConnect is here to reconnect yourself back to your own power. As someone who channels source energy on on behalf of you throughout a session, what I need you to know is that I do not heal you, you heal yourself. You call in that energy, you surrender to it coming through me. I am just simply the vessel for you at that moment. So this is not only an online offer, but for anyone in the Galway area or even in the West of Ireland who would like to come down I have a once a month i booked in for in-person healings. It can be anything from a womb healing, Reiki healing, past life regression session, tarot card reading, oracle card readings, cacao ceremonies, a group cacao ceremony with you and your friends, whatever is needed in the space, you just let me know and we can organize it. So again, check the links in my bio on the website and get yourself booked in today. And last but definitely not least. I have three spaces available for my one-to-one coaching course. This is such a beautiful and quantum leaping offering. If you want things to happen quickly for for you to up-level, this is exactly where you need to go. In this, you get one-to-one support with me every day along with once a week video calls, depending on which plan you go for. You have access to all of my online courses. Anything I do online, you have access to, and you'll be provided access to, along with anything else that comes up in the space. So we can work through your beliefs, your patterns, your boundaries, your self-love, absolutely anything, relationships, friendships, career. We can work on that together, clearing blocks from your system, making you want to step into your true authentic self to constantly strive for that because that's what we strive for here so I'm really excited to bring this offering to you again if you're looking to book in with me just send me an email on neve at spiralwithneve.com and we will get you on boarded and we can have a bit of a free discovery call beforehand again thank you so much for listening to my podcast it makes me so happy that you resonate with me and I would really love if you could leave a review. You can email me a review or again share it on Instagram or any of your social media platforms or even just with friends because this is what this is here for. We are here to spread the word. We are all going to rise together and we can only rise together. So I'm sending you lots of love and I'll speak to you all next week.